I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome to KSL News Radio's Fan Effect podcast. I'm your ghost host, Kellyanne Halverson. Excited to be taking you backstage to one of Utah's most unique haunts. For anyone who knows me or who gets in my general area this time of year, you can tell that Halloween is my absolute favorite of all times. Nothing is better than making the scary fun and the spooky approachable. From pumpkins to skeletons and costumes to candy, I love all things Halloween. Except maybe one aspect that I have to admit I have not been a big fan of in the past years. Despite my reputation as a theatrical nerd, I've never gotten into the spooky thrills and chills that is the haunted house experience. But this year, I got an opportunity I couldn't refuse when our friend Jeremy Karchner, on behalf of Fear Factory, invited me and a friend to explore their literal uh, haunted house on a cool Saturday night. My desire to visit the backstage area, see their costumes, closets, makeup, and explore the -the behind-the-scenes details of such an elaborate production went over my producing heart, and I timidly said yes. I had the honor of dragging former KSL News Radio producer and fellow Halloween enthusiast Morgan Pratt along as a victim to the event. And I do mean literal victim as I proceeded to volunteer her for a session of zombification in the makeup chair. With my handy handheld recorder and masks over her faces, we were excited and a little nervous for a fun night to come. We were greeted and taken backstage where a plethora of monsters meandered about at the correct socially distanced links. COVID precautions was evident everywhere, from the signage to protective barriers and masked up performers. There was an excitement in the air that was palpable. You can tell the performers and production crew were so excited to be there and to have their Halloween dreams or maybe nightmares come to life, particularly in this 2020 year. Jeremy led us through the organized chaos of the makeup room, costuming area, and special effects cave. Sometimes accompanied by Fear Factory owner and creator Rob Dunfield, who ran down the numbers behind the frightful display. Uh, There's about 300 on our roster but about a hundred in the show every night is it different this year versus past years with covid yes yeah. less. less yes and then makeup artists same thing yeah. and we spread them out and separated them and made partitions and things to keep it more everything's wiped down in between the chairs and anything so how many costumes do you guys have each individual character has their own costume so probably about 200 plus um and, and a lot of masks created a lot of these quarter masks that cover the ppe so all of them will wear a, a protective mask and then a, either a mask or something over that and so they have double protection most of them and then the customers all have masks coming through some of the characters some of the clowns they'll paint right on the ppe mask and do some fun 
clown faces. Yeah, it doesn't take away from the scariness at all. Yeah, no, it's still very, very cool. We will hear from Rob in the second part of this podcast, where we dive in deeper about the inspiration and creation and continual expansion of this creative haunted house. One thing I learned as we explored the backstages is that even though we were in the midst of a pandemic, everything was being done to keep their patrons and their performers safe. From every performer in Monster and Ghoulie having a unique mask crafted and part of the story that they tell, to extra cleaning and safety precautions. I felt safe, and looking around, I could tell the performers felt safe as well. Swinging by the costume area where masks and costumes of all different types of monsters were hanging, I got a chat with some of the creators of the unique masks. Alright, so we kind of divided into the different zones of the haunted house. So there's like 12 areas or zones and all the costumes for each one are in different sections. And the like, zones are different themes, like I've seen a lot of clowns running yes. around here. Yeah, that's one of the Scary looking clowns. Oh, yeah. yeah, and then we have the catacombs, we have the infirmary, we have vampires, we have but basically 12 different themed areas. Oh, awesome. And does every year change up? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every year we change a couple of the themes. So, so kind of what, big... what's popular at the moment you bring in or what you've Yeah, got or just whatever we dream up. <laughs> Do you have any questions for them? Don't ask us. <laughs> what's your favorite part about working here at Fear Factory? I so we're I'm normally a makeup artist and I just love creating the <laughs> characters. I love working with them to do that. Do you get a lot of freedom um, to create your own characters and to create your own designs? Well, so like you said, each zone has a theme, uh-huh. so we have to work within that theme. But then we have creative license within that theme. Oh, that's awesome! What's been one of the favorite uh, designs you've done uh, while being here? Um, well, this year, making the masks, the masks so that they had the half face covering. Do you actually make them though? We do. We make oh, them here. cool. Is it prosthetics or fabric or how do you? So this is one that I made. Yeah, so we made them with latex. We sculpted them, made them with latex, and then we've got the fabric inside. Oh, that is So neat. that they're COVID compliant. Uh-huh. And I, that was fun this year. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. How long did it take to get all of them created and designed? Oh, months. Months? Months. Yeah. months. Because yeah. you've got to latex and paint individual masks. Mm-hmm. And do you like have, do you do it as like um, a cast of it so you can do have multiples of the same design? And yeah, like that's that. what we do. Uh-huh. After we toured the general makeup area and the costume closet, we have the opportunity to go down to the special effects area where not only are set pieces built, but amazingly crafted prosthetics were applied to some of the actors. We had the great opportunity. Okay, I had the great opportunity to force my friend Morgan into the makeup chair as she was zombified before a tour of the actual haunted house. I'm gonna have you do the makeup. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't mess up your aesthetic. It would mess up my aesthetic. <laughs> and I think you would be mm. awesome <laughs> doing that. That is pretty that is pretty amazing. Are you okay with that? Oh my gosh. Am I okay with that? Well, Morgan sat patiently as a mask, prosthetics, and makeup was applied to her face in gorgeous and gory layers. I had the opportunity to chat with some of the makeup artists and actors as they came through. Can you tell me a little bit about the process here? Um, I start out with a base coat, and then I add in some contouring and veins. Right now I'm doing what's called modeling, kind of giving skin texture and color. When I was in theater, I loved getting my makeup done. It's kind of relaxing. I I come from the theater world, so it's like, I'm like, I get here and I'm like, let me just sit down, let you do your thing and enjoy it. It's going to enjoy the air on my body and like... (laughs) 
is one of my favorites. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll sit back. Do your thing. <laughs> I work in the front line, so I'm one of the first actors that you see in the front whenever you're waiting in line. You're the people people are most afraid of. Absolutely. So it's a great time, though. It's been yeah. a lot of fun. Absolutely. Oh is this your first year doing that? This or? is. I actually am here visiting in the state and decided to come do something I love. Oh, which is, so yeah, yeah. I'm a Georgia native, and I was like, oh, here visiting during this time. I said, let's do something really fun that I enjoy. Is, is this your first Halloween in Utah then? No, it's my second. Your second. I've oh. lived here before. But... How is our love of Halloween compared to Georgia? Um, I don't think any other state has the love of Halloween that Utah has, which is so funny to me, but I love it. Like, it's so great. There's so much really cool stuff to do in October in the fall season, and it's, it's just great mixed with you know, just that you get four seasons here, which is wonderful. So as it starts to cool down, it just, it feels right. <laughs> and Halloween is so perfect. And Absolutely. 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 The thing I was actually surprised to learn about was the fact that the Fear Factory doesn't just keep their activities around Halloween, but they have events throughout the year, such as Halfway to Halloween. And they also have outreach programs like Don't Be a Monster, an anti-bullying program, and different events to reach out to the community around them. In past years, they've done bowling with monsters, and they go out to fat cats, and like That's a bunch so of kids cool. can come out and bowl with all the monsters, which is fun. They've done a lot of charity work, like they'll raise money for charities that go out and do stuff like that. So we've got a lot of awesome sponsors that our street team will go out to. Do you do that all year then, or is it just more of a... Uh, usually it is. This year's been a little bit weird mm -hmm. because COVID, but <laughs> most of the time, they have so much fun, and it's so wonderful, mm -hmm. all the good things that they do. And working at the Fear Factory really is a year-long process. From the day after Halloween, when they start planning for the following year, to June when they audition, into when the nights turn cool and the party begins. There is a constant process of developing the show, developing the performers, and making sure that it's not just a haunt you walk through, but an experience to be remembered. Anybody can walk through a haunt, but it's so nice and such a, a cool experience to be able to come behind the scenes and see how the magic's made and see the amazing talent that's behind you know, I mean, every actor has is trained and they develop these characters and that in itself is amazing. Is that part of the process then? Is you actually develop the character yourself or is mm -hmm. it you got yep, they're, Yeah, they've got zone leaders uh -huh. that, that kind of give the basic idea of, hey, this is what zone we're in. So this is what the monsters are. This is our backstory. Develop your character. And oh, so, so they get to you know have a little bit of creative freedom there with what their monsters are, which is awesome in itself. And then you've got amazing people like Chelsea who just add that extra layer to really bring the monsters to life. And it just, it's insane. It's absolutely insane to see the transformation from this, you know, you could take a super shy person or just any person really and see the creativity that's here. And it's absolutely a beautiful thing. It's amazing. And it's so cool. Every year, uh, the Fear Factory team will sit down and really evaluate, okay, well, well, well what can we improve upon, what can we change? And so every year you come back, there's something, there's a lot of new aspects of the haunt. It's not the same thing every year. So every year it's new. Innovative. Yeah. You're going to make me get addicted to haunted houses, aren't you? Oh yeah, for sure. It's, yeah, it's so much fun just because it's, it's so different every single year. Every year. Oh. You come in and it's never the same. With the backstage tour complete, it was time to actually go through the haunted house. We decided to turn off our microphones for this in order to fully experience the experience. 
While I was nervous, I did have my own zombie to protect me, as Morgan now had a complete and believable set of makeup. People actually thought she was part of the show a few times. She protected me by yelling, My human! whenever anyone got too near. Okay, I'm going to be fine. We're getting ready to go through now. We've just finished our makeup and our costume tour. And I am kind of freaked out because I'm a chicken. Oh my goodness. Yeah, let's go. I'm going to need you to hold my hand. I people. No, thank you. That, of course, was our monstrous friend from Georgia greeting us in the front of the line, just like he warned us. So what did I think of the haunted house? While the first few minutes was a self and anxiety induced nightmare, once I allowed myself to adjust to the darkness and my dark surroundings, I had an absolute blast. Where else can you take your zombie friend and wind your way through haunted forests, creepy crypts, and a cadaverous circus, a morbid hospital, and many, many more intensely scary and intensely gratifying adrenaline induced experiences? With my corpsified protector, we journeyed through the fear factory whose already industrial looks added to the spooky vibe of the haunt. The sets were stunning. So much so, my theatrical nerd heart was jealous of the, the realistic quality, diversity, and just plethora of materials and props on hand. With lots of screams and lots of laughs, we still felt safe and secure. With clear paths, handrails, and strategic gatekeepers, performers, literally helping to pace your path and keeping you socially and physically distanced from other guests. Everyone was COVID-compliant, including vampires, monsters, zombies, demonic clowns, mad scientists, werewolves, and every monster your morbid imagination could conjure. One of the best parts was the length of the show. It truly is a fun experience that just keeps going. This is great for me because often in situations like this, by the time my brain is calm enough to enjoy the experience, it's over. But this time, it was just the beginning. I don't want to say too much because I want you to experience the Fear Factory for yourself. Whether it's this year with your mask and sanitizer in tow, or next year when new haunts are added, and the world has returned to some sense of normal. Hopefully. Uh, this truly is a fun and fear-inducing experience for any supernatural and Halloween-loving fan. Next, we dive deeper into the backstory, creation, and evolution of the Fear Factory with the Fear Factory owner and creator, Rob Dunfield. And don't worry, uh, this portion was recorded in studio and sounds better than my handheld mic. Have patience with me, I'm new to this whole hosting thing. Rob gives us some great insight into the inspiration, history, and spooky fun that is The Fear Factory. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. KSL News Radio's Fan Effect Podcast. I'm your co-host and Salt Lake fangirl, Kellyanne Halverson, excited to continue sharing one of Utah's most unique and fantastic haunts, the Salt Lake Fear Factory. 
Previously on this podcast, you've traveled with me and former KSL News Radio producer Morgan Pratt to the actual haunted house and taken a look backstage with many of the actors and creatives who have joyfully brought the haunt to the ravenous crowds of Salt Lake since its opening in 2011. The Fear Factory has proven itself to be a fan favorite and award-winning favorite in the travel industry, receiving accolades as it has been named one of the scariest haunted houses in America from the likes of BuzzFeed, USA Today, and the Travel Channel. The factory has a unique paranormal history as it is located on the haunted grounds of the old Portland Cement Company in Salt Lake City. The attraction provides its own unique chills and thrills as unexplained sightings and unfortunate accidents have led many to believe the site is cursed or at least haunted. The massive haunted house sprawls across six buildings, up six stories, and even into underground passages, with a plethora of spooky scenes, fantastic scenery, and a gaggle of goosties and ghosties to appease the wants of any Halloween fan. It is sure to provide the fun mix of fright and delight to their guests. And this year is no exception, as they are going above and beyond in the midst of this pandemic, taking precautions to protect both visitors and cast members alike, and provide some much-needed spoopy fun in this garbage fire every year. <laughs> now we're going to dive even deeper behind the scenes as we get the 411 on its creation and inspiration with owner and creator Rob Dunfield. Thank you so much for joining us and giving us this amazing opportunity to explore your haunt. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Very excited. Uh, first off, could you introduce yourself and your interest in the macabre? Um, yes, my name is Rob Dunfield, and I was born haunting you're born haunting <laughs> my, i was my my dad um started haunted houses here in salt lake city valley uh in the 70s um when i was born and i grew up building and scaring and learning all the tricks and excitement of the trade <laughs> so it's really in your blood then it's just part of your your own personal history it is. I, I, I've grown to really love Halloween, over the, obviously, with with my upbringing, but um, also with just all the, uh, it, it, to me, it's the funnest holiday of all. Oh, yeah. I'm the same way. They've, they've heard me mention it on this show before how Halloween's my favorite because it takes things that are scary and makes them fun, and it makes them approachable, particularly if you have younger children, and I just think there's nothing better than that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So with particularly the Fear Factory, what inspired you to create this haunted house and this level of just fantastic hauntedness? Well, me and my partners decided to do another haunted house. We started looking for something that would be suitable. And for us, um, the atmosphere of the actual location and building was as important as as um, anything. Um, the old Portland Cement Factory, where we're located, when we found that building, um, we, I think the, all three of us fell in love. We saw the great open spaces, the large buildings, the stairways and the underground tunnels and mm -hmm. passageways, and we just fell in love with it. it. We thought it would be a perfect haunted house. It wasn't until later we discovered a lot more of the history and found more articles and, and newspaper things from the University of Utah archives of actual history of the, haunt, of the Portland Cement Factory. Oh, so you didn't even know it was haunted before you uh, went to tour it. My brain is like, did you just go to a realtor and be like, we want a haunted location? <laughs> yeah, right. We didn't know really until after. We, 
we fell in love with it and thought it would be really neat. And it was later that we found out the history and more of the backstory and what it was and what happened there and all the different people who um, lost their lives there mm-hmm. as well as uh, just a lot of the haunting history behind it. And that's really kind of lent more to what we were trying to do. We thought, what a perfect place. It's not. We're not only going to create a haunted house here, but it's already has history and lore of, of hauntings and of people who have past here. Oh, wow. <laughs> Have you had any paranormal experiences while you've been there? I've had a lot of unexplained experiences, put mm-hmm. it that way. I <laughs> Things, sounds, and things happen, and stuff that I can't explain. Um, that's a very politically I've, correct way to say that. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, and I've seen pictures that people have taken inside while doing ghost hunts and ghost paranormal investigations and things. Again, pictures Mm -hmm. of things that I can't explain and that are not in the physical space in there that I, you know, I I know the area well Mm -hmm. enough to know what walls are there, what props are there, what things are all around. Oh, wow. And I've had people show me pictures of things that are not there. Mm -hmm. Well, you're talking, you're talking to a fellow um, supernatural believer here. So you, you're in good company right now. Uh, All right. (laughs) So as you were creating and developing uh, the haunted house, particularly with that that first year, um, how did you take that fear factory, that history uh, into creating the actual show that is the haunted house? Well, we first of all, one of the other things that we started doing was paranormal investigations on mm-hmm. the property. We, we do regular paranormal ghost hunts there and um, and we still to this day do, even in our off season, when the haunted house is closed, one, at least once a month, sometimes more than that, we have groups of people come in who have signed up and do paranormal investigations at the Fear Factory. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, have and, to, I'll have to try to swing by one of those. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then another really interesting thing we do, on Monday night, the Fear Factory for the haunted house is closed in October. But on Monday night, we have what's called Grim Ghost Story Night. Mm-hmm. And those are nights where you can come and walk through sections and areas of the property and of the haunted house. And you have a, a professional who ha- know the history very well who lead you around and share the stories of actual people who died at the factory. Oh, wow. So it's kind of called Haunted Ghost Stories, and, and that you go through and actually go to the physical location, and they'll stop there, and then they'll tell a story about the factory worker and what they were doing, and you see the scene and the whole, the heights of the buildings, and, and then there's ones where a factory worker fell from a high place, and and there's there's been people who have um, been hit by the train that goes by right next to our property. Oh, wow. There's been people who have workers who have um, boiled to death in the cement products that they mixed in the big vats. And um, a gentleman named George, we read in the obituaries that he was down in one of the underground tunnels when his arm, his sleeve of his uh, work clothing got pulled into a machine and, and it continued to pull him in until his complete arm was removed he lost his arm and ended up dying there in in the tunnel so you guys really (laughs) you lean into the history you don't hide it or anything like that that's awesome 
<laughs> yeah, no. And on our website, you can go on there and look up the history and read these stories. And these are not things we wrote. We actually put a lot of the actual um, obituaries and newspaper articles that we found at the University of Utah archives. And, and we've just put them in there for people to read and get a little bit excited and interested in the actual history of the building. Mm-hmm. And for our listeners, that is at uh, fearfactorysLC.com. Um, and I'll name it again at the end of the podcast, but uh, fearfactorysLC.com. That is so neat. Um, so you have this amazing location. You have six levels of just craziness there and all sorts of different theming and everything like that. Can you tell us a little bit about the evolution of the experience from that first year to what it is like now? Yeah, well, our first year is very interesting. We we began construction and started working with the city to to make this a haunted attraction where the public could come and attend. And it proved to be very difficult at first. We found that this old cement factory, we had to do a lot of upgrades to make it more up to current code, let's Mm -hmm. say. Um, So we did a lot of construction from adding in fire systems and smoke detecting systems and changing the heights on the stairways, the the rises of each stair tread were off by a quarter inch, and we had to change all the stairs throughout the entire thing. We had to do a lot of just things to make it very safe and up to code where we could open and let the public walk through. And that was a big challenge. Once we got through that, we got to do the fun part of creating the haunted house and building actually the sets and the scenes and the, and the storyline behind it. Over the years, it's evolved quite a bit because of um, our changes. Every year, mm-hmm. we update probably about, well, there's 12 actual areas we call them in the haunted house, and we update two to three every year. Uh-huh. So it's almost a quarter of the show gets changed out, and we get new scenes, new um, storylines, new monsters, new things in that area. So. That's a new experience. Wow. Yeah, to make it fresh and new and make people want to come back and see new stuff each year. Um, On the other hand, it's a little bit hard because we'll have really cool stuff that sometimes goes away. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can bring it back later. You you can bring it back later with a little bit of a twist. (laughs) That's right. That's right. They always say, well, what happened to this? Where'd it go? We love this. Well, it's been changed, but you may see it again in the future. So. We like to we we actually listen a lot to our mm-hmm. fans and we listen to the customers and we like to um, see what's interesting in pop culture as well as what's going on in their minds and our fans' minds and kind of we often will create rooms or scenes or settings um, depending on kind of what's going on and mm-hmm. um, that's always been fun. Yeah. So how how do you choose then and develop because there's always new pop culture and, and fandoms happening all around us? Yeah, that's a good question. We have a team of, of, uh, of leadership that basically as soon as October 31st is over, we're already sitting down in November <laughs> to start planning our changes and start making um, headway for the next year. We, we actually, this last year, Mm-hmm. Um, started immediately after our season ended, started tearing out a whole area and rebuilding. And it wasn't until we were almost done with that, that COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And we were 
really mortified that we had done all this work and created this whole new beautiful section that may not get seen this year. We were wondering if we'd be able to open in the fall or we'd be able to open this year at all. Mm -hmm. Well, an open you, you have, like I went through this Saturday and I felt completely safe. You had so many awesome uh, safety precautions put in place. There were hand sanitizers, which was kind of cool because they were glowing and skeletons were holding them, which was awesome. Everyone had masks on. Everybody was social distanced from each other. Can you um, tell us a little bit about what you've done this year to make it just a safe experience and still have so much fun. Yes, exactly. We have worked closely with our city and county officials to follow their guidelines and, and, and our health department. And so we actually opened in the spring for a halfway to Halloween event. We were able to um, put forth a plan and execute a plan which um, allowed us to open in the spring when Salt Lake was still in the orange um, restriction zone. We had the red, orange, yellow, and green as Mm -hmm. our codes of what level of restrictions we are currently operating under. And at that time, we were under the orange restrictions, which were pretty tight. Mm -hmm. But we did implement all of the things that you mentioned, we added uh, the social distancing. So all of our queue areas and our, when you come in and you're waiting, everything is marked to stand with your group, but stay separated from other groups. Mm-hmm. We added time ticketing so we could limit the number of people on property um, at any given time. We can bring people in safely They won't have to wait as long in line. They'll get in faster. But while they are waiting to get in, they'll be spread apart. We have a huge two-and-a-half-acre property where we can spread the lines out, which is very fortunate for us. And it was really great to see people out there. I'd forgotten how much I missed seeing other people outside of, like, my house and work. And it was just wonderful (laughs) to see so many people there. And everyone was very respectful and wearing their masks. Like, it was really cool. And even the way you guys end up doing your lines um, so that uh, you're kind of separated from each other, even that was just a really fun experience. You have actors out there. You have these awesome set pieces, things like that. So you guys are really going the extra mile to make sure everyone feels safe. Yeah, yeah. We really try to spread out the line so that you just wait with your group and there's 16 feet of space between you and the next group. Mm-hmm. And Besides that, we've got the hand sanitizing stations while you're waiting inside and out. We've got a whole safety team that has been added for just disinfecting everything from the porta potties that we use to any doorknobs and touch points or hand railings on stairs. They walk through every 15 minutes and wipe down with disinfectant. So we've really tried to keep it as clean as possible and make it as safe as possible and make it possible for people to get out like you and have fun with friends and see people and be back out doing stuff, but in a safe way. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right. Everybody on property wears a mask, including the customers. We Right now, that's the mandate from our county that even customers are to wear uh, masks in public. And, and we ask that all of our customers, when they come, bring a mask and wear it while you're there on property. All of our actors, whether they're in makeup or a, a scary mask, they all have PPE masks on covering their mouth and nose so mm. they do not spread respiratory droplets and stuff like that. Yeah, that was really uh, that was really cool. When we were back in the costume and makeup area, they were showing us different um, 
costuming and masks and how they actually, you guys have developed these unique uh, masks um, just for the show. So all the characters are in line with what, what they're wearing uh, with the masks. And like even um, yeah. Morgan Pratt, she, she got to be a zombie and she had a mask um, inside hers as well. And that was, it was just really cool to, to see that. Um, and, and it looks like everyone's really appreciating you guys. You guys sold out the. That's correct. Uh, we have um, the reception. We were worried that whether people would want to get out and go to haunted houses. And, and after our first weekend, we realized that everybody is as anxious as we are to get out and go to haunted houses. Oh, definitely. <laughs> so. Well, and here in Utah, we're kind of known as our love of Halloween. <laughs> We talked yeah. to one of your actors from Georgia earlier um, while we were there, and he said there's nothing compared to our love of Halloween because um, we just love it so much versus what it's back where he was from. Can you tell us a little bit about how Utah has shown their love for your location and for the haunted house? Yes. Um, we have had tremendous reception, especially during a COVID season and having this pandemic going on. People have been so excited to get back out and to attend the haunted house. We um, have sold out weekends that we've been open. We are limited on our tickets because we're keeping safe and we're limiting the number of tickets sold. So I've been warning people, get your tickets early because there will be a time when you can't get any more. And a lot of people will be disappointed because we are we are limiting it to be safe. Mm-hmm. Um can you tell our but, listeners how they get those tickets and reserve their spot? Yes, you can go to fearfactorysLC.com. You can click on buy tickets now and you will choose a day and a time slot. They're 30 minute time windows. So you can pick Saturday night at 8:30 p.m. and that means you just show up between 8:30 and 9 and you'll go in rather quickly compared to years past. Most people are used to coming, showing up, and sometimes waiting in line for three or four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, that that won't happen this year. We don't have um, the crowds like that. We're limiting it and restricting it because of our time ticketing, and we can manage it much better and keep everyone safe and separated. And this is but, recommended for ages 12 and up, right? It's a little bit scary for the little, little ones. Right. <laughs> I always recommend teenagers and up, but I tell people it's up to – we don't – stop kids from coming mm-hmm. we don't um, limit parents from bringing their children if they want to come but we do warn them that it's 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 uh it's it is a scary and fun attraction but little kids sometimes don't understand the um the fantasy of it yeah. <laughs> uh, now again my kids kind of were like me they've grown up doing it and my six-year-old used to love it and she'd go through and have a blast and she Absolutely. You can stop her from mm-hmm. not going through, but most six-year-olds are not that way. <laughs> <laughs> and my niece really <laughs> my, my niece really wanted to go with us. And part of me is like, I think she would have done fine because she loves like dressing up as a zombie and um, things like that. So part, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll bring her. <laughs> yeah. All right. it, it really depends on the kid for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so before we close up today, is there anything in particular you want to make sure that our listeners know about your haunted house? Best thing to do is get your tickets early so you can get the best time slot you want. And also on our website, you can, um, we have our waiver mm-hmm. that you can pre sign your waiver. And because when you get on, you get on property, they'll ask you if you've done that. And if not, you can do it when you get here. But 
it's better to do it ahead of time. It'll save you a little bit of time waiting outside in front. And other than that, we are just so excited that we are able to open. Our actors and our staff and our team are all just dying to scare people. <laughs> and we have found that the public and the, the Salt Lake kids and families are ready for it. They are so excited to be coming out and – and we're just glad that we're open and that we can do it in a safe way and have fun this year again. Oh, that's great. I love that. And then one more thing, because um, we do love our Utah audiences here and we are the most nerdy state in the nation. Um, what is your favorite thing about Utah's fan culture? Oh, wow. <laughs> My favorite thing about Utah's fan culture, like you said, Salt Lake City I grew up in Salt Lake City, and I've lived here most of my life. So to me, it was normal to have <laughs> outrageous Halloweens and, and to go overboard with dressing up and scaring and startling and doing all this fun stuff. I feel sorry for other places and other people who grew up in other areas. I know, right? didn't have as much fun as, as we do here in Salt Lake City. So and I'm grateful for our fans. Um They've been very supportive and anxious, and we are so glad to put on a show for them this year. So we hope they all come out and see us. Everyone who's comfortable, we want to show you a great time. All right. That sounds wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us today. Again, this is Rob Dunfield, the creator and owner of Salt Lake Fear Factory, one of the only actually haunted, haunted houses in the nation. You guys should go check it out. I have. It was fun. I was a giant chicken, but I dragged a friend and it was amazing. And I'm glad I did. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you. And you did amazing, by the way, in the haunted house. Well done. I just want to thank everybody who made it possible for us to have this experience and to produce this podcast today. I want to thank the Fear Factory, Jeremy Karchner, Rob Dunfield, all the amazing people that we were able to speak to backstage, the actors and everybody who just made this a really a fun experience. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Fan Effect, a KSL News Radio podcast. I am your host, Kellyanne Halverson. My motto in life is to be creative, be bold, be inspiring. And you can follow my creativity, see what radio shows and other programs I'm, I'm involved with here at KSL at kahalvo.com. Remember to listen to the Fan Effect podcast on your favorite platform at kslnewsradio.com or on the KSL News Radio app. Let us know if you have any fun ideas you want us to explore by messaging our Facebook page at Fan Effect Show, where you can also get the latest nerdy updates and join the conversation. Follow us on Instagram at Fan Effect Show and Twitter at Fan Effect Show. Thanks again for listening, and I hope to have you back real soon for another episode of Fan Effect. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. 
Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.